everyone. Today I've got Ron Shuali with me. He is a ball of passion for an alternative way of uh, educating children. Um, when we came onto our Zoom meeting, he was just straight into it. So he lives in Florida and he helps schools and parents all over the world with thinking about different ways of being with children. Thank you for joining joining Absolutely. me um, today. Pami, she sent me some of your stuff and I've watched it and I think it's hilarious. I know it's a really powerful way to get through to parents and teachers in terms of um, the humor that you use. I, my world is all about um, helping people understand how their minds work and introducing them to a ton of new things, but also doing it in a way where it's not oppositional, whereas a lot of people don't like to be told what to do. A lot of people don't like to learn new things because they're just like, you know, I'm good. Like I know everything, which is insane because we're constantly learning and we're educators ourselves. Like how can we say we're, we know everything when, you know, these kids that have information coming from like wherever they know the real stuff and it's more of um it's kind of like there's a difference do you do, have you ever heard of someone being called an educer or to educe from someone e-d-u-c-e -E? no so um i consider myself an educer and an educator so an educator is someone that gives information to a kid and you know i don't know how it is over there but i mean our american school system is just that's my uh, 15 pound attack dog um <laughs> our school system is all about just take tests and memorize information and take tests and you're not going to need it and do science and do math and like in reality and i have a master's degree in education and i was in talented and gifted classes and i didn't find needs for physics and chemistry blah blah if you want to specialize in it i'm fine if you um like why do we need history like google it i mean literally it's like all this information now that's available it was like school systems were based on memorization. Now you don't need to, you don't need a calculus. You don't need this. Everything's on your phone. And so it's like literally the whole school system's obsolete mm. and it's designed for in the American world here to um, just keep people workers, 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 going to college, getting to debt, workers, 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 piece of paper guarantees you nothing, four years, you, you know? So it's like, for me, my world is having people understand there's other things that people can do other than the regular system. I actually have a commitment to eliminate 11th and 12th grade unless someone wants to be there and let kids go pursue their careers, not a job. Like we're done with that whole job thing, but go pursue your career. The Seth Rogans, the Jim Carrey's dropped out of eighth grade, seventh grade people that like, I show videos of this one kid called uh, Arch Jr. DJ Fresh. He's a DJ. He won the youngest, you know, the got talents, America's got talents, Britain's got talent. Okay. So he won the youngest got talent on the planet at three years old. He won South Africa's got talent as a DJ. And this kid is doing this board has so many different turntables and this and that, and he's doing everything and the crowd's going crazy. And I'm like, why are you going to put that kid in school where he understands music and mathematics? Let him explore. And yeah. Give him a tutor English, the things basic, but you know, I show a video of another kid who has 1.5 million views and this child this child is a, a blonde-haired boy that mm -hmm. is a chef and he's just baking a cake but he's adorable 
but 1.5 million views gets you X amount of dollars from YouTube because that's the marketing of today. So my world is um, introducing people and breaking them out of their patterns, breaking them out of their patterns of you got to do this, especially in early childhood. You got to do, you got to do this. No, you just play. You play and and you don't you educate a little bit wrapping around to that whole educator versus educer. You educate, you teach them stuff, but you educe. To educe is to draw from, to bring from without within. So I'm asking kids questions. I do something when I taught my yogarati classes when I lived in New Jersey and we had like 60 schools and we we're doing this all over the place. Um, basically, it was like I would have something called open mic. And I would have something called open mic where I let the kids just kind of talk and like, what do you want to say and have things do? I mean, I, I'm learning about uh, Reggio Emilio schools that are child led and it's just amazing that whole concept of letting these kids teach what they want to learn. And then you just be a source of information in addition to a source of knowledge, like a source of passion, a source of vision for these kids. So I get a little worked up when I talk about this. Mm, I can see you're very passionate. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm also a, a very passionate advocate for child-led learning and for adults being guides rather than teachers or, or authority figures in, Absolutely. in, a, in a classroom. We're, we're here to provide knowledge and guide them, but we're not here to tell them to sit down and cross their legs and cross their arms. And if you don't do that, you're going to go on the orange traffic light on the right right on the wall you, you know um yeah i just i don't think that the education system today is set up for success in terms of holistic success meaning emotional mental spiritual and physical well-being there are some children that that don't that can't sit still it's just not in their right. dna they cannot sit yeah. still and right. these are the you know the athletes and the um the, the the doers the engineers you know who are outside constructing things um and to to put them in a classroom and make them sit down and, and be punished if they can't sit down that's that's disabling them that's that's um right allowing them that freedom to it's to from what thank you thank you express your talent for what i've seen there's two types of humans there's a 95% of humans that are the followers and there's nothing wrong with it. We need followers. We need soldiers. We need builders. Um, you tell them what to do, sit over there, wash your hands, stand up, sit up straight, do this test, whatever. It's fine. Same thing with adults too. Those adults are the adults that when you're driving and um, they see a sign that says your exit two miles or five kilometers uh, down the road, those 95% of the people are the one that immediately pull into the right lane and sit in two miles of traffic, okay? The uh, 5%, the alphas, the uh, the brilliant boy that has the other kids get the, themselves in trouble while he runs everything like a puppeteer, the alpha girl, the one that says you're not invited to your own birthday party and she runs the whole entire thing. Um, these kids are not going to be sitting in a classroom. They're staring out the window. Me, I was asking, why do I need this? Why do I need that? My mother, my background's Israeli. It's just military. Just do this, do this, learn, and you're going to be a manager of a business. I'm like, oh, that sounds horrible. But that also 
it comes from parents that are programmed the same way you need a job like my grandfather when he was still alive came from israel and he asked me what do i do and this is when i started my company i'm like well i teach kids karate i teach them life skills i teach them soccer i teach them yoga he's like well where do you do it's like in a preschool like how much do you make and i told him well the first school i ever really went into in charge i i had 30 kids sign up and 100 bucks a pop i made three thousand dollars He's like, oh, that's amazing. So, well, but still, I don't get it. What do you do for work? I'm like, no, that's it. That's what I look. He's like, I don't understand. I'm like, what don't you understand? He's like, well, you're having fun. I'm like, uh huh. He's like, you're supposed to have fun at work. You have fun after. And just, I, I looked at him and I'm like, wow, you are just a robot. And then I understood my parents. I understood everybody's just do this, do this, do that. And like you said, the kids that have high energy. I mean, I, I've learned um, in my travels, if you have a classroom of kids, and one kid just happens to be rocking back and forth. One kid just happens to be doing this. One kid just happens to lay on his belly and put his hands like this because he's he can focus more. You ask yourself three questions. Question number one is, can I still teach? Like you can still teach just because your mind is going, that child is not doing what my expectation of him is to be, even though my expectation is just in my mind as opposed to reality. And that's what we do. We human beings create expectations for other people comma never share the expectation with them comma when they don't fulfill the expectation that they know nothing about we are automatically programmed to be upset at the other person even though there's no common sense or no logic about it whatsoever it's just part of our program so when a teacher goes i expect all the kids to be sitting crisscross applesauce on the rug okay that's good so if a child doesn't do it you can either you can do win lose which is what a lot of people do where I'm righteous and I'm right. And the child should be like that. And then the child feels diminished when you say, sit up straight, blah, 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 blah. Or you can do win, win, which a lot of people don't really even understand that concept because humans are trained to be competitive and they're conditioned that way. And win, win could be like, okay, so take a breath. The child's doing whatever they're doing. They're lying on their belly, doing this and that. Can I still teach? Yes. Okay. Second question. Can he still learn? Yes. Third question, can everybody else in the room still learn? Yes. Okay, great. And then you go, okay, and you keep on teaching, even though it doesn't look like the way your mind tells you, and it's win-win for everybody. Like in my behavior mastery system, it's five parts. Part one and two is uh, for the uh, 95% of the kids. It's pattern interrupts, roof, meow. Hello, everybody. Come on over here. Roof, uh, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> Whatever, anything just to get the kids to look at you for a second. Second one, pre-frame. Auditory visual cues. I like the way that you're sitting crisscross. I like the way, do I want you standing up or do I want you sitting crisscross? Applesauce. Auditory visual cues. 95% of the kids, I go like this. Meow, woof, they look at me. I like the way you're sitting crisscross. I like the way you're sitting crisscross. Do I want you standing or sitting crisscross? 95%, 96%, boom, they do it. Done, followers. The alpha looks at you and goes you want me to stand up and they make that face and then it, and then in their mind they go now make the face that you make because we're just actors to these kids we're the comedians you know so what i do is i do something called uh, unique positive reinforcers which basically is what's the passion of the kid uh, the teacher should know this one kid talks about racing all the time. This one kid talks about airplanes. This one kid talks about blocks. This one kid talks about dinosaurs whatever it is. Great. So now you give them a show, like show and tell, but it's only for the, for the alphas. 
And then what you do is you let them explain about cars, about dress up, about themselves, about this. I don't care if they just love talking about themselves. They could be a pro wrestler. They could be the president of the United States. They can be a prime minister. If you love talking about yourself, that's politics. So they can do whatever. And then you give them a show and they love it and they do it in front of the kids and then the other kids love it and everybody's happy and the child gets to express their vision for their for themselves and then everybody gets a win-win. Mm. And the other thing too is then it's actually something you can take away from the child because usually sometimes the alphas, doesn't matter what you try to take away from them um, because that's like the win-lose type thing that we've been programmed. Um, it really doesn't benefit. And so it's like, making a difference for them by, by actually caring about what they want to do as opposed to just what's in the curriculum book. It's interesting that you say that um, only 5% of children are like this. I, I haven't actually done the statistical calculations across the whole entire planet yet. Mm. What I've seen is I've worked in preschool environments for since 2006. And an average classroom to me was about 20 kids or so, two teachers, 20 kids, whatever the ratio was. And usually what I saw around then was maybe one female alpha and one male alpha. So I guess that would be the calculate because that would be really out of 20 kids. If one of the kids is an alpha, that's like uh, five, but it's like, it's interesting how male, and especially now because like now because we're, we're learning so much about gender fluidity and we're learning so much about um, understanding and trying to explain to kids about their gender that um, I'm curious moving forward as kids become more understanding of that, if it's going to shift. But from what I've seen, like I said, I mean, I've worked in over at least I didn't work in a preschool like 40 hours a week. I would come in for an hour and a half. I'd do three program classes. I would talk to the director. I would leave. There was a point where we were in like 60 schools with like eight instructors all over New Jersey. Um, even I was actually teaching yoga karate, my yoga karate program at the uh, Bright Horizons Preschool at the United Nations, which was awesome because I was learning about different countries. I'm like, your name is what? Olatz? Where are you from? I didn't even know that country existed. So it was incredible. But that's what I usually saw in a classroom of 10 kids you would have about like one you know one kid would be an alpha mm. just one just happens to be in charge so I look at it see my background came from being a martial artist first and when I learned how to work with kids and teach them karate was because I was working at a karate studio first I was a student and then I was working at a karate studio where the husband was an elementary school teacher and the wife was a preschool teacher and she trained me in how to teach preschool kids for about a year and a half like he told me where you're going to end up with a master's degree without the piece of paper I'm like that's fine piece of paper doesn't mean anything to me and then I started doing that and it was amazing working with the kids at that level um, but, but the great part about it was in a karate studio, you have the sensei, the head instructor, you always then have senpais. So the head instructor was a sensei. I was a senpai. And then there was another person. And then when I was running my own classes with the preschool kids, there was something called the SWAT team, super winning attitude team. And there was a, usually, uh, it was two instructors. It just happened to be like, they're this kid and that kid. They're maybe 11, 12, 13 years old, but they're helping me. So I grew into a world where there's always three or four teachers 
So it works so much better, especially when I teach my yogurati classes, my soccer classes, I would always find an alpha and be like, you go work with those kids, you go work, especially when I worked in Montessori schools, because when I had five-year-olds and two and a half-year-olds in the same classroom, oh, it was so much easier. Here, go work with this guy. I had two little twins, a two and a half-year-old boy and two and a half-year-old girl. They were standing there like this, and then the other kids were older. I'm like, go work with them in the corner, show them the stances, you go do this. It was so much easier because not every kid's at the same level it's crazy that we still put kids into classroom environments based on um, a number based on when they were born as opposed to level there's no other world in reality that does that mm, no corporation yeah. no school no system no college you're not going to go to college and be like, well, all the 19 year olds are here. All the, it's insane, but it's such an industrialized, like um, Sir Ken Robinson had such an amazing um, video and, and his talk on changing education paradigms when I watched it absolutely blew my mind. I'm like, oh, that's why, because they want to just keep everything uniform mm. here, here. I see other countries, they're doing beautiful things. I see in China, they have schools where they're two floors and they're open the size of a football field. And I see in Finland, they're, they're doing stuff where the kids are outside in nature base. And then I look here and it's sitting in your classroom like this and don't look at your partner because that's cheating. But in real life, there's no such thing as cheating. It's all collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt the same way for the UK, however, it is changing slowly, yes. Um, yes. but they yeah. are starting to pop up around America and around the UK. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, currently I'm in New Zealand and um, the early childhood curriculum here is, in my opinion, one of the best because it's holistic. It is nurturing the whole okay. child and following right. the child and, and it's very much play based and it's called Tefariki and it's used overseas as well. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I'm totally, totally on board with that. So if if uh, any parent that's watching this, um, I did. I have started recording because you're, what you were saying, you were on a roll. So I just press record and just let. I appreciate that's fine. That's fantastic. Share <laughs> away with everybody. I love it. If a if a parent has a child at home, or if a caregiver or if a nanny has a child at home, and they aren't um, listening and they are all over the place, do you have any ideas for for them if they to get their children to to start listening and to participate. So I love what you just said, because the first thing is the change in the adult. They're always listening. They're just choosing to do whatever behaviors they want, but we have been programmed to say the word listening. So when we say to a four-year-old, you're not listening to me, and that kid goes, I heard every word you just said. And then you're consistently as an adult browbeating that you don't have your listening ears. Why aren't you listening to me? And it's so confusing instead of, um, can I find a way to help you understand my directions better? So first thing is just get, your kids are always listening because if they're in the other room and you're whispering about them, they can hear you. Mm -hmm. So they're always listening. It's just figuring out a way how to get them to choose to change their behaviors. Because if I say right now, whoever's listening or watching this, from this point on, you're not allowed to raise your hands in the air because I said so. Exactly. And what is everybody else thinking, right? And then in my keynotes and workshops, I go, I'm going to do it even worse. I'm going to say words to you, which really is just sounds. I'm going to say words to you. 
you're going to hear the words, give them meaning, and then you're going to put your hands up in the air and give me all your power. And people are like, oh, we're not going to. I'm like, I'm telling you exactly what you're going to do, and you're not going to have a choice because of your programming and because you're making my words mean something. They're just sounds. If I said it in a different language, you wouldn't respond. So then I have an audience of a thousand uh, ladies, usually for early childhood or, or average that, like 90%. And I go, you're not allowed to raise your hands in the air because I'm a man and I know what's best for you. And, oh, yeah, that feeling right there. And you feel the whole room and they just start, they're shaking. They're like this and they're like, oh, well, and some people are like, oh no, you're not going to do that. And I'm sitting there and I bust out laughing. Other people, I'm like, do you get it? You literally handed me your power and I just said sounds to you. So kids are always going to say sounds. There's no such thing as a child pushing somebody's buttons. There's no such thing as a child being disrespectful if you're living in the world of, of reality. See, in reality, if a child's not looking at you, they're just not looking at you. In your mind, you make up the child's being what? What is an automatic go-to that, that an adult will make up if a child won't look at me in the eyes? They don't do it. The child's being what? Probably naughty. Okay, good. What else? The child's being what? Disrespectful. There you go. That's it. By the way, the child's not doing any of that. We're making that up in the, our heads and putting it on the child. By the way, when a child turns their head, isn't their ear closer to your mouth? Wouldn't it be better for a child to process if they actually turn their ear and actually listen to you? So my request of adults, of parents, of nannies, anybody, is to get when you give a child an instruction or a commander what to do, 95% of them will do it. That's fine. If you have an alpha, getting them to change their behaviors is all based on them wanting to. Not because I'm an adult and I want to keep them safe. I know what's best for them. I know this. It's the good. They don't care. It doesn't matter. So figuring out a way how to get them to change their behaviors based on giving them what they want and that's when that goes into that whole unique positive reinforcer. And um, they can always reach out to me because I have a webinar. It's a one hour webinar on my behavior mastery system that teaches. I mean, I pretty much went over everything. I, I went over the, the part one's a pattern interrupt. The part two is the preframe. Part three is called the power look, but there's a secret how to do it. And some people just go, oh, I already do that. And you don't because you don't know what it is. But if you want your story in your mind to have you believe it, that's fine. Part four is the pot, unique positive reinforcer. And then part five is the magic. It's called fast forward testing. That's the moment where when you do it, you actually see the child process information, look at you and powerfully say to you, I'm not doing that anymore. The behavior that you want them to stop, but it's a whole entire system that goes in. I like leaving like a cliffhanger. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, thank you so much for that. I, um, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. What's that? I don't stop talking, I'm sorry. You're literally gonna have to tell me to be quiet. No, this is great. This is great. A perfect amount of time as well. Thank you oh, so cool. much for oh. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been amazing. Um, you've answered all of the questions that I was going to ask in the first place. Anyway, I yeah, yeah, half bad. There you go. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, the noise. Hang on, of one more course. time. Nice. That's from my professional wrestling days. <gasps> Nothing. I don't want to give that away. NXT. <laughs> yeah.
So, uh, and yeah, I mean, if anybody ever wants to reach out to me, my website is super simple, ronspeak.com, R-O-N-S-P-E-A-K.com. Reach out, shoot me an email. If you have questions about anything, um, I love to chat and help people, especially all over the world. The, the farther I can reach until we get to another planet, the, the, the better everything's going to be because I love working with people who um, if they see the brilliance in their child and they're able to break out of their own automatic programming, they're going to help future Elon Musk. They're going to help future, I mean, the kid that is talking about this and that. In 20 years from now, that kid's going to come up with something that's going to save the planet. So it's like under seeing that, seeing the visionary kids that, that we work with and, 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 oh, can you imagine?